0: All right. on today's edition of DNC's Fireside Chats, we're going to be discussing the happening, what all we've been doing over the past month, including the highlights of Wrestlemania, the Tiger King show phenomenon on Netflix, how we've been handling school, and what we're prepared for next, as we really have no clue at this point about this whole Corona thing. But this is the hand we've been dealt. On to the show. This is DNC's Fireside Chat. This is Curtis Kozier joined by Dylan Nichols. And, Dylan, with this coronavirus thing going around, with the quarantine and everything, we are seeing unprecedented things going on in our world. But something that's affected you and me and really millions of people, not only in the country but around the world, is the lack of sports.
1: Yes, that has traumatized me to say the least that there are no sports I mean I'm not even a big NBA fan but if NBA was on right now you best believe I'd be watching it because this is this is a sad time we're living in right
0: now yeah and it's I mean as you're talking about with the NBA you know it's like if the NBA was fun to watch at any point in the year it was this point in the year and so as many people were getting ready to tune in to see the NBA playoffs they are no more as many people were ready to see opening day of the MLB It's not happening. And so we're... March Madness. Don't forget March Madness. Yeah, you know, that's one of those things, too. It's like many, many people, whenever they're ranking, you know, the best sporting events of the year, you know, you've got the Super Bowl, you've got the World Series, but the weekend of March Madness is a lot of people's number one, and it's gone. Did not happen. So
1: Did not happen.
0: No. Amidst all of that, um, there's one thing that's still going on, And that's World Wrestling Entertainment. And they happened to put on WrestleMania 36 in front of an empty arena when it was set to be in Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida. Instead, they're in the Performance Center in Orlando. No crowd, just your wrestlers and your referee. Now, I wasn't really sure how it was going to work out. I was pleasantly surprised by the overall product. You know, we can touch a little on the details as we go through it all. But, Dylan, what was your overall take away from Wrestlemania 36
1: so overall uh, going back to you said it was started uh, wrestling still going on well Raw is the longest running weekly episodic television throw that out there but uh, overall the card was very solid uh, very good matches I believe that there would have been a, a live audience or even 50 people it would have probably been a little bit better uh, you know these entertainers feed off of the crowd and their involvement in the match. And there was just that part of the performance was just lacking and there wasn't nothing they could do about it. So overall, it was a good, a good pay-per-view. Uh, however the lack of an audience was just hard to get past on the first night. By the second night though, it was, it was a little bit easier to watch because you was kind of used to it by that point in my opinion.
0: Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, I remember, that opening match, not one I believe it was the women's tag team match. It was uh, Alexa Bliss and uh, what, what was her partner's name?
1: Bailey. No, no, no it was. I've
0: it uh, got it, Nikki Cross.
1: Nikki Cross. Yeah.
0: So those two versus the Kabuki Warriors, and on paper, that should be a pretty good, decent little match, you know, to open up the pay per view. But again, there's no crowd. There's no energy. And I, I noticed just so much kind of awkwardness in that match where, you know, Asuka is is a big, big person who plays off the crowd. So she's doing her thing. You know, she'd normally be getting booed. She's doing her thing and it's just nothing. Nikki Cross at one point in the match when Alexa Bliss is getting beat up, she starts doing the clapping thing, you know, trying to get the crowd into it. And I'm like, well, that's kind of dumb. There's no crowd. And so... That first match, I was like, "This isn't going to go well. This is going to be bad." Fast forward to the end of the night, you've got a boneyard match: AJ Styles versus The Undertaker in a cinematic style match that, in the WWE, has only been seen once before, and that's with Matt Hardy and his, you know, interesting style. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Yeah. never, never to the level that it was here with The Undertaker and AJ Styles, and. I don't know about you, my eyes were glued to the screen.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. Best match of the night. Uh, in my opinion, it probably is right up there at the best match of the entire Mania. Uh, I, the John Cena one, I'm going to skip ahead to the John Cena one and talk about it in just a second. The way they portrayed it compared to the Undertaker one, it, it was just... Mm. Undertaker's was just the top of the two, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, All the way around, he looked phenomenal. He looked ready to go. Uh, AJ Styles has always put on a really good match. You know, anytime you throw him in the ring, you know you're going to get something special, something good. Uh, The American Badass version of Undertaker was pretty cool to see again. Uh,
0: That character, you know, Undertaker, got on a podcast here recently, and they asked him to kind of dive into that. And they said, "What is this new character?" Because you're you're riding the motorcycle, you've got badass music playing with your entrance, and but you're still, you know, slitting your throat. You're still hitting the tombstone. What's the deal here? And he says, "Well, this character is the unholy trinity, Undertaker." And I'm like, "What does that mean?" And well, he explains it to where he is the dead man. He's the badass. But at this point in his career, he's also Mark Calloway, as you you know, as it's evidenced during that feud with AJ Styles, calling out Michelle McCool the whole time. So if this is the Undertaker we see going forward, I feel like there's a lot of potential for a lot of really good stuff, as you saw here with AJ Styles. But the question is, can he pull it off in an actual arena setting, in an actual match? Or is it going to have to be the cinematic stuff from now on for him?
1: Yeah, so the Mark Calloway aspect of it, uh, you could see that when he was talking to Styles. Uh, that's something you just didn't see the Undertaker do mm-hmm. two, three, five, ten, fifteen 10, 15 years ago. Uh, you would never hear him talk like that during a match. Uh, he was always real deep-voiced, uh, stern, what he said he meant. Uh, it was a difference. Uh, like I said, it's kind of like the, the Mark Gallows coming out, or uh, Callaway coming out in him. And I liked it. Will it work in a in an arena with people in it? I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go over. Uh, may have to stick more to the American badass side because that was a real big hit when it did happen, and I think now people are wanting something like that again, uh, especially since they ended the Dead Man's streak at WrestleMania. Uh, mm-hmm. Play off the the American badass uh, character would be a really good really good plan.
0: Yeah. Now moving on to some other matches as I'm looking at this card right now, trying to talk about, I'm reminded that there's just a whole lot of things that are not memorable, you know, and it, unfortunately, Braun Strowman Goldberg, Braun Strowman Goldberg, Otis Dolph Ziggler, Elias yes. King Corbin, Alistair Black, Bobby Lashley. Those are the types of matches you'd expect to see on like mid card Monday night raw, but at WrestleMania, you're expecting the best of the best. And you, you I understand, you know, they split the shows into two nights this year and it helped it, you know, be a little easier to watch. But if you've got a one night 8-hour show and those are some of the matches that you're getting as we've seen over these past couple of years, it gets really really hard to stay awake as it gets into that final hour. Oh yeah. Oh, so, yeah. I'm going to kind of skip over some of those forgettable ones. Do want to talk about that Smackdown tag team triple threat ladder match. You've got John Morrison, versus an Uso versus Kofi Kingston after The Miz uh, was not able to perform. So that was really where WrestleMania started picking up in my eyes. You know, It was like, okay, it just looks like an empty arena raw at this point. But then when they got out there and they're jumping off the ladders, it, it looks like they actually care about performing in front of an empty place. I was like, okay, this starts to feel like a WrestleMania. Now, the ending, while unique it was like is that the best way to end a wrestlemania match there was a lot of controversy about it with the belts falling down on john morris and it was like it, it was unique but dylan i'd like to hear your takeaway from it
1: okay so the ladder match uh classic wrestlemania match uh still believe that that should be uh, wrestlemania should be the only place you do the money in the bank ladder match i don't believe it should have its own pay-per-view And I think the ladder match that they had at WrestleMania 36 with Morrison, and Uso and Kingston, uh, it showed that the ladder match is meant for WrestleMania uh, Mm -hmm. period. And overall, great match, fierce competitors. It was weird. They was fighting for tag team titles without tag teams. Uh, I could get past that though. Just treat it like a normal triple threat. Uh, Ending was not, Ideal. I didn't like the fact that he won the way he did. However, I'm not the script writer. Uh, I'm looking at the time of the match. It was actually the second longest match of the night, uh, the other one being the Undertaker's match at even 19. Uh, theirs was 18 minutes and 30 seconds, which was a pretty good time for a, a ladder match uh, with three guys in it. Uh, overall, though, very solid match. Uh, one of the highlights out of both nights. Uh on the on that first card or that first night, it would come in second to uh Undertaker and AJ Styles in
0: Yeah, and now we move on to night two, where at least I believe this one was not two, Owens versus Rollins.
1: No, that was still not one. Still not one,
0: okay. Um yeah. I started second guessing myself, they glad I did, but you get you got Kevin Owens jumping off of the WrestleMania sign in the performance center. big spot, you know the spot of the night really for a lot of people where it, you know he's big guy putting his life on the line really, jumping up from somewhere that high. <laughs> yeah. The next day, he tweets that he had originally intended on jumping off of the pirate ship in Raymond James Stadium.
1: Wow. And now,
0: that would have been something to see, and the more I think about it, the more I'm like, they've got to go back to Tampa and they've got to do the pirate theme again because I know that they, you know, still went with all the pirate theming, um, with the empty performance center in WrestleMania. But I mean, you've got a mine when you've got an actual physical pirate ship to go off of as you're
1: setting, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I agree. They've done the New Orleans theme a couple times, not mm-hmm. necessarily back to back, but uh, they could definitely use this one again because this was totally
0: different circumstances uh yeah now now moving on to night two now i just wanted to talk about that pirate ship but (laughs) night two a whole lot of just odd things going on you've got the nxt women's championship match with rhea ripley and charlotte flair and it's like well, what's charlotte flair doing fighting for an NXT championship. She, you know, she's a main, a main roster person. And exactly. so that was that was weird. But at the same time, their match, I think, was one of the best in-ring matches of the whole weekend. Like, they put on a clinic of what wrestling is.
1: And yeah, they, they definitely were the best women's match of the,
0: of the evening. Yeah, sure. there, there was just a whole lot of Ric Flair and Charlotte Flair in that match, I felt. She, like, just pumped it up to 11 and said – I'm going to, you know, use my family roots, and we're going to um, shine in this empty arena. Yeah. Now, the last man standing match, Edge, Randy Orton, Edge back after nine years, great buildup for this. It's drawn a lot of criticism for going so long, but at the same time, I mean, it was just a brutal match, and so while it did go a little longer than it probably should have, I feel like I'm okay with that just because of the story that they told. And in the end, you've got the rated R superstar back in a wrestling ring. So what do yeah, you, think?
1: No, you You throw that match in a regular arena full of, I don't know, 60, 70,000 people, uh, with the normal backstage with all kinds of crazy weapons and stuff at their disposal. That 36 minutes is not long enough. Uh, people will eat that up, uh, If you go backstage and you run into other superstars, you know, anything to that effect, uh, like I said, last man standing 36 minutes is really not that long. You throw them into an empty arena, no crowd to kind of, when they're dead, uh, not really nothing going on, just kind of moving around, it's kind of awkward silence. And yes, it does seem like it's dragging on forever. Uh, but you get two, two big names like Edge and Randy Orton, two big superstars over the last two decades, uh, coming together in a WrestleMania match, and they're not even the main event. Uh, in a, in a last-man-standing match, uh, I believe that that just, that just shows you how far WWE has come and the talent that they've got now, but at the same time, throwing them in an empty arena like they, like they did 36 minutes is a long time.
0: Now we just talked about the Undertaker AJ Styles Boneyard cinematic match. The second night had a cinematic match of its own. You touched on it earlier, the Firefly Funhouse match with John Cena and The Fiend, and it like I didn't hate it, but I really have a problem with calling it a match.
1: Yes, I didn't enjoy it.
0: <laughs> it I is, thought
1: that, like I, to me it felt like it lasted longer than the Last Man Standing match personally. It's about half
0: the it, time, it's like for me, I, I understood you know all the aspects of it. You know, it's a telling of John Cena's career, and then it's twisting John Cena's words on himself to where when he's talking about the yeah. most overrated person, he's not talking about Bray Wyatt, he's talking about himself. Yeah, I get all that, but to market that as a match. I, mean, I, I don't know because it, it was more of a nightmare for John Cena than anything. So I, I would almost call it just like a backstage segment more than a match. So I, I, I don't know exactly what they're going to do with that moving forward with the fiend, you know, because now that you've given him all this supernatural ability, they're going to have to keep using it. Like, you know, the undertaker shooting lightning from everywhere, but um, <laughs> I, I'm not sure how they're going to be able to capitalize on more fireflies Funhouse matches, especially when you start getting crowds in the arena again, because you're not going to be able to do all the digital effects. Yeah. So, no, the, I, I the, cinema,
1: the cinema stuff, uh, when you start getting crowds, hopefully the next four or five months, uh, you're not going to be able to do that. Nobody's going to want to sit in their seats and watch that on the screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to want to see actual live match. So yeah, it was different. It was neat. The undertaker one you could still do probably that one. I don't think that one would survive in a in an actual arena. I mean, everybody wants to see the Undertaker, even if it is on the screen. You know, it's a big deal to get to see Undertaker fight anytime anymore. So, yeah. It's uh,
0: now, one ten or one two ten? What would you give WrestleMania Thirty
1: Six? Ooh, that's a tough question. Uh, because you have matches like Edge and Randy Orton and Owens and Rollins and Flair and Ripley and The Undertaker and Styles but then you've also got matches like Braun Strowman and Goldberg where you got four Spears and then four uh, side slams or whatever Braun Strowman's thing is and then that's the match and then you've got the match with Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar where it's basically the same thing and then that's the match. So would I rank it up there very high? no would i give it a zero no uh honestly overall probably about a six point seven five to a seven uh very solid solid card is is nice to have two nights with with the matches that they did but they were some really bad matches on both cards
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i'm kind of in that same boat i'd have to give it somewhere between the six and the seven because i was definitely entertained i definitely enjoyed watching it glad i did but these past several WrestleManias, WrestleMania 35 is probably the best of of the 30s at least. Yeah. But, you know, they're, it's hard for them to get over a seven because they go so long. You've got so many matches that really nobody cares about. And so, you know, I, I get they want to get everybody on the card, but it's one of those things where if you want a 10 out of 10 WrestleMania, you give us eight matches of your best guys and just let them do their thing. Yeah, let, you, let everybody totally- else... You know, go on Raw and SmackDown. But for WrestleMania, give us the best of your best.
1: You totally take a playbook out of the WrestleMania 20s where only your top superstars compete at WrestleMania, not Mm -hmm. Joe Blow, who you just signed. You have to earn the right to be at WrestleMania. And a lot of these guys, in my opinion, I mean, Elias and King Corbin, really, I don't think either one of those have earned the right to be at WrestleMania yet. Uh, you
0: know, Corbin's I, been around for a while, but, man, is he boring.
1: He is boring to watch. His attire is boring. His entrance is boring. He's not Keen Booker, uh, no matter how hard he tries. He doesn't have the, the flair and the, the I don't know, excitement to watch as Booker T had in, in the early 2000s. But he's trying, but he is not WrestleMania worthy by no means
0: absolutely so we both kind of agree on the score for this wrestlemania you know it was decent it was fun to watch but definitely not one of the most memorable ones other than for the fact that it was in an empty arena now been stuck here in quarantine having a lot of nothing to do there's been a new phenomenon on netflix called tiger king tell us a little bit about it dylan
1: honestly if i could sum it up it is a gay redneck on drugs that seduces straight men to marry him who breeds tigers to pet for the public to pet. And he has a feud with this woman down in Florida that he just can't get past. However, he's getting screwed over by his own people working at his zoo. And he's the, he's the hero that you're pulling for, but you can't figure out why you're pulling for him, but you just want him to come out on top, but it seems like he keeps getting beat down with everything that happens. Uh, it was a perfect time to drop it if I was Netflix. I mean, <laughs> everybody's talking about it because nobody can go nowhere. If you don't have Netflix, you're picking it up now to watch the Tiger King that everybody's talking about. There's TikToks, there's memes. I mean... Songs are being wrote about it. it. It's just, it's just took off phenomenally. I mean, it's, it's a wild show full of twists and turns. So. Yeah, I,
0: I mean, there's just so much going on. And, and you make a good point how this is the perfect time for Netflix to drop it because if it's dropped in a normal, normal um, time, I don't know how many people are watching it. It's definitely not become the cult classic that it has at this point, but.
1: You know, no, it, I'm not watching it, it, it if it ain't dropped at this time and everybody's talking about it. I'm looking at that it, like, why in the world would I want to watch?
0: This? Yeah, it's it's like, but being trapped in in your house, it's like, well, might as well throw it on. You know, <laughs> got nothing better to do. But <laughs> That's I mean,
1: what everybody's it, talking about.
0: You talk about a roller coaster ride, man. That show is the definition of one because you start off with Joe Exotic out in Oklahoma and you're like, wow, this guy is nuts. But in reality, you haven't even touched the surface of what nuts is because you look at all these other people in this game. You've got Carol Baskin in Florida and she is legitimately off of her rocker. Like I, I really do not even know how to describe her other than she definitely killed her husband.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Don Lewis was definitely murdered by his wife Carol. Yes. 100%.
0: And so then you go to South Carolina with Doc Annell, and that guy is running a literal cult. Yes. So he is yes. running a cult. And then you've got Jeff Lowe who comes into the picture who. Like, I don't even know how to describe, but he just seems like a con man who doesn't really own anything.
1: But you know, he favors Carol's first husband, if you look he, into it. He,
0: you know, that is conspiracy theory going around, that he is Carol Baskin's first husband. Not the one that supposedly was murdered, but the first one before abusive. him.
1: The abusive one.
0: Now, you go back to Oklahoma with Joe Exotic and you've got so much stuff just going on there this guy's trying to run for president he's trying to run for governor he's trying to get Carol Baskin killed and somewhere in the middle of it all he ended up getting famous we like that's one of those things is where you're watching this it's like I feel bad for helping make him famous because now he definitely is but at the same time it's like one of those stories where this is going on in the United States and nobody knows about it outside of Oklahoma.
1: (laughs) No, if you had never been to GW Zoo off some little rinky-dink highway in the middle of Oklahoma, then you had no idea this wild man existed out there uh, with his mullet and everything else.
0: I mean, everything about him just seems just gross and dirty. I mean, when you look... But you
1: love it. But you love it.
0: And that's the thing is, like, when you look at... The people that he's working with is like, it it, it seems like he's doing good for them because, you know, they're they're just as self described, you know, nobodies who have nothing at all under their name. He's given them a place to live, and granted, pretty shitty places, but (laughs) they're places to live. And he's given them food, granted, it's spoiled, rotten food from the Walmart dumpster, but it's food. (laughs) And he's given them a job. And now it's just, it's something that. If you drew it up in a book, nobody would ever believe that it was real. But out there in Oklahoma, the GW Zoo at least did at the time exist, being ran by Joe Exotic. And
1: and his two husbands. Yes,
0: two husbands. And now <laughs> it, it's just, it amazes me that stuff like that exists. And it makes me feel pretty dang good about where I'm at, at least. compared it makes to Tennessee look a
1: little bit better, doesn't
0: it? Yeah, nobody can make fun of Tennessee at this point.
1: No, no, it's all Oklahoma now. And, uh, you know, the dude ran for governor of Oklahoma for president of the United States. I mean, he actually had a little following granted. Mm-hmm. He didn't receive many votes, but the guy was an actual genius when it came to marketing. Um, yeah, I don't think yeah. people understood that.
0: He, he did a very good job of putting himself out there. He just, he, he, couldn't get many people fully on board with him and I'm not just talking about the politics side of things, but the business side. You know, he brought in Jeff Lowe thinking that Jeff Lowe was gonna help him out, but in all reality Jeff Lowe spent that entire time sweeping the rug out from under him, you know?
1: Also, Jeff Lowe's wife Lauren is extremely good looking and all he does is brag about screwing other women.
0: Can we uh, put yeah, that out there? Yeah, he does not seem like he the,
1: does not uh, deserve her Period. I'm just throwing that out there. Let's see where that takes us.
0: <laughs> You're going to be getting a call from Jeff Lowe here pretty soon.
1: Maybe he'll feed me the Tigers, too, and get this quarantine shit over with. <laughs> but,
0: yeah, I mean, it, there's just so much to talk about with that show. Um, one of the funniest parts of it, though, is they're talking to the sheriff. And he's like, yeah, you know, when you get people who do math, their teeth start falling out. We call it meth mouth. And it immediately goes to Joe Exotic's husband, and he's just smiling there with his two teeth.
1: John Finley, yes. Yes, and the meme of the social distancing. And his two teeth are real close, <laughs> and the third one is far away. <laughs> and it says, this is what it's supposed to be like, social distancing. Oh, it's hilarious, the memes that's come from Tiger King. It's just, it's just too funny.
0: It is going to be so interesting, like, when we come out of this and everybody is just, you know, talking about the Tiger King. But it's seriously one of those things, like we said, is nobody would have watched it if no. we were not all trapped at home.
1: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Now, I wish I could say – well, I don't wish I could say I was trapped at home. Uh, still currently working. But if I was – if if my friends like you or other people hadn't watched it, there's no way i watch it. Yeah. Uh, but other people is trapped at home or like telling people, hey, you need to watch Tiger King. And they're like, why the heck do I need to watch something about a meth out, meth out dude out in Oklahoma with a zoo? Uh, turns out it's probably the best show you'll ever watch.
0: <laughs> now we move on to our school lives and how we have been affected with this whole stay, stay at home, safer at home, coronavirus, whatever. You know, it was right before spring break. And you started getting whisperings. It's like, Okay, we know we're not coming back until April 3rd, but there's a yeah. good chance we're not coming back at all. And that's what ended up happening. It was, you know, you said the other day we were playing Fortnite, which has kind of become our daily routine at this point. Yeah. But, you know, we're playing Fortnite, and you're saying that last day was just so dang sad because you knew that nobody was coming back. You see people packing up, leaving their dorms, which normally doesn't happen for another two months. Yeah. And so it, it was just so surreal. Cause like, it's like, you're not coming back, but you're still ended up doing a lot of work. And so this is what school is at this point, but it's certainly not sustainable, man. Like I'm sitting here just trying to figure out how to get all my assignments done because there's a difference between having 50 minutes to do some assignments and having, all day to do assignments but you've got them all stacked on top of each other you know you don't know where to even start and so I, I really don't know um how this is going to go in terms of transitioning to the summer semester transitioning to the fall semester because at some point we do we've got to get back in the classroom
1: yeah 100 percent. so that last day uh before spring break uh little spring break plans we would planned for a trip to Gatlinburg in a cabin which we followed through with uh but uh my professors that day, it was just weird to hear them talk uh, in general. I even had one professor, uh, Dr. Bob, uh, the whole class we didn't we didn't really even have class. He just kind of talked about the circumstances that we were going through and how it was going to change. Uh, it was going to be real weird transitioning to online classes because his class is not meant for online. It's meant for uh, open discussion in person, uh, which makes it that much difficult. Uh, he talked about how this is going to change us probably going forward. Not necessarily forever, but for the near future. And it was sad. Uh, I had a trip planned to Baltimore or not Baltimore, but Boston and Maine, uh, through collegiate 4-H and FFA, which was eventually canceled when they suspended all non-essential travel through the university, uh, luckily every time i've been watching the tv show uh madam secretary and every time they show dc i'm like hey i was just there like two months ago and everything was normal and now it's like not normal and uh the biggest part of transitioning from online or from in person to online is when i'm in knoxville see i've I've come back home to mountain city so when I'm in Knoxville, I'm in school mode. I know that I'm down there to do schoolwork. I'm gonna to go to class, gonna do my homework, uh, all that good stuff. But when I would come home occasionally on the weekends or holidays or whatever, I was coming home to get away from schoolwork. So I came home not doing schoolwork. I didn't bring it with me. I wouldn't do it. I'd get it all done before I came home. Now trying to do that at home, it's it's seriously a mindset that you have to get into that. I'm still struggling with myself. I'm, I'm really just trying to finish out these last two weeks and pray that we go back in the fall, even though it's looking like we are to start out online in the fall and probably transition into in person classes, hopefully toward the end of it or the beginning of the spring semester. Uh, but it is it is hard. It is very difficult to keep up with everything. You know, you miss that in-person reminders of, Hey, you've got this, this, and this coming up, make sure you're staying on top of it. Or even I would go to the library, uh, and do a big assignments that I knew I had to get done and needed other resources. Uh, that is now no longer an option. It is online, library online, but there's something about being in the library and using hard copy books, uh, to get assignments done that just doesn't exist anymore. And, you know, you've got your social interactions with your friends uh, that you've made it in. Uh, a lot of them live all over the country, uh, Georgia, uh, Florida, Alabama, I mean, everywhere. Uh, West Tennessee for that matter. And now you've just packed it up and ended before you were really ready. And it, it, it's, a, it's a new situation we're all in. We're all trying to figure it out together, but hopefully this ends quickly and we can get back to relatively normal life it'll never be normal again after what we've went through but maybe some sense of normality will be in the near future
0: yeah i mean i'm i'm just dying to get back to being normal but as you're saying like it's going to be a while before normal as we know it is a thing again and in terms of this you know the school aspect of it is if we're going to be online in the fall they need to prepare to like do the entire semester online, even if we end up going back at some point, because what I've seen so far is, you know, you've got a lot of professors who were told, you know, be prepared to transition online. And so they've got their stuff online, but they're not running it as if it has an online class should be ran. You know, you've got some, some classes are doing Zoom sessions and you've got assignments to turn in, but I've got some classes they just have everything on the modules like it would be a normal class but they're not seeing us any reminders it doesn't say that there are any assignments even though there technically are they're just hidden away and so it's one of those things where it's like the communication is not to the level that it should be you know for an online semester especially with how much you know technology influences education as it is like i mean we should be able to talk to our professors at the drop of a dime but it's just it's a very, very tough situation right now. And, you know, you don't want to go back too early because if you go back too early and another outbreak starts, then you're going to be off even worse and probably not go back even longer than you would the first time. But man, as soon as we can safely get back to campus, we got to get back and we got to, you know, try and just go back to being students because right now it doesn't feel like we're students.
1: No, 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 no. And I, I feel like if they do go, uh, online for sure in the fall that it should be a requirement that you do your zoom sessions I don't enjoy uh, just uploading a PowerPoint and then talking or a a video and then talking and then you're just supposed to go in and watch it at your own free time no uh, we all signed up knowing that this was our class time Uh, so you know record the zoom sessions and post them if you want to But hold a Zoom session at your weekly or uh, every other day or whatever it is uh, time meeting, because it is hard to stay focused on a class that you don't go to anymore. I mean, you, you just don't go to it. And, you know, there's no... I don't know teacher or professor student interaction anymore so you don't you're missing out on that whole aspect of learning and and good discussions when they just post something and just read it the whole time
0: you Uh, know that that, that you got a really really good point that you brought up there a second ago is we signed up for we paid money for these in-person classes And I can commend UT for giving us, you know, the refunds on our dining plans, giving us the refunds for things like our parking passes, but we signed up, we paid for in-person classes, and so I'm not saying, you know, give us half our money back because everything's online right now, but they should be going out of their way make sure that everything is running as smoothly as it possibly can and they're not doing a terrible job right now but there's still a lot of work that they could be doing to help you know us students get up on the same level as we should be as if our classes were in person
1: oh absolutely and I commend Chancellor Plowman uh, she still holds her uh, weekly office hours via Zoom mm-hmm. uh, anybody's able to drop in on them at, on Tuesdays at 3 o'clock uh, I think her and Professor Boyd or Professor, President Boyd has has done a fantastic job Uh, but like you said I think that falls on department heads not necessarily theirs I mean they can't be over every single professor to make sure everything is running smoothly I think it's up to the department heads to be like hey you know you are having zoom sessions right or uh, you are having at least weekly zoom sessions or something to that effect not uh, uh, stuff like that you
0: know what i mean yeah it's it's like you know last thing here talking about school but if we are as we're preparing you know they've already said summer's going to be online they're discussing whether or not fall's going to be online um they've got to make a decision and when they make that decision they've also got to consider the financial implications because they shouldn't be expecting us to pay our full priced in person tuition when all we're going to get is a computer screen you know yeah i that's, agree that's that's something that i like i'm ready to send a dang email to the chancellor about is if you know we're going to be online even if it's just for half the semester we shouldn't be paying our full in-person tuition because we're not getting the same quality of education that we'd be paying for if we were.
1: No I agree with that uh, 100 percent whether they just reduce the tuition right off the bat or you know do some kind of reimbursement plan or Mm -hmm. you know I don't want to bankrupt the institution by no means uh, but just like any business ran when you've not got customers. Uh, it, it can't survive no, and if they don't have football this fall then that's going to make it even that much more difficult for some aspects of the university but I agree that a reduced rate should be on, on the table as an option mm. uh, obviously I don't want it for free by no means but you know you got to take everything into uh, perspective I saw a thing today that Lamar Alexander tweeted out that uh, federal government were given 200 and some odd million dollars to a hundred and I think 27 universities in the state of Tennessee, uh, just to kind of keep them afloat for the most part. Cause you also got to look at like sporting events in general, bring in the population and in concerts in like Thompson bowling arena, uh, mm-hmm. ticket sales from that, uh, spring football, people will be in the ball shop buying stuff. Uh, even on campus, just being in the ball shop period or eating on campus, stuff like that. I mean, they're missing out on a lot of money that normally would be flowing in pretty easily. And yeah. so I don't think they're getting bailed out per se, but you know, this is the area that, of the economy that a lot of people aren't looking at that are taking a, a really big hit. Yeah, it's, I actually saw the University of Cincinnati before I finished, University of Cincinnati suspended their men's soccer team today. Yeah. Uh, And, and, you know, that's
0: something that we should be expecting to see a lot more of is because these smaller – like the big schools like UT and, um, you know, the Floridas and the Alabamas,
1: Texas, whatever. Vanderbilt.
0: Vanderbilt, the privately funded, you know, big institutions like that, they'll be fine. But there were some smaller, you know, non-Power 5 schools saying today like, you know even if we end up playing a spring season with just conference games we're not going to make it because we rely on that money from playing the Alabamas of the world you know just to stay afloat and so we're going to see a lot of teams just dissolve and it's going to be really sad but you know moving forward we just got to hope that there's sports at some point because man I am missing sports like nothing else right now.
1: Oh, so. me too, me too, and and you, you can't even watch NASCAR in person no more. It's it's virtual now, so
0: mm-hmm. I. you can take also.
1: that. Yeah, yeah, we'll <laughs> throw that in there. Uh, don't do that. Uh, yeah. that was bad. There,
0: there's one rule that you have to follow.
1: There's one rule. And he did not yeah. follow it. Yes, that is. You can basically get away with practically anything else but what he did.
0: I mean, Tony Stewart ran a guy over and he's all right.
1: Um, Yeah, Tony Stewart killed a guy. Okay, let's just be honest. The guy actually died. Okay, and he still races occasionally. So just throwing that out there, don't do anything stupid.
0: Don't be a Kyle Larson out here in these Zoom streets. No no dylan as, as we wrap up here we, we cannot say for certain you know when everything is going to go back to normal when we're going to have sports again but when we do the first day that you are able to go out and just be normal again what's the first thing on your agenda
1: i am going down to the local mexican restaurant and going in and sitting down and having a meal that is what i miss i was talking to my granny the other day i said manna you remember the old days when we used to be able to go in restaurants and order food and sit down and eat you know we chuckled or whatever because we like to talk about the past where she's you know 83 years old but it's sad that it's come to that situation where that is now considered the old days when you went in restaurants and sat down and had a burger or anything for that matter so that's going to be the first thing i do uh, when we get back tomorrow what about you
0: you know i could go with the the restaurant thing i could go with going to a movie but the one thing that i've been thinking about is i would like to just go up to the mountains ride the cades cove loop get an ice cream in the ice cream shop there and just you know sit out and enjoy the scenery and i know it's crazy you know we could probably get out and hike hike a trail right now if we wanted to but it it just feels you know so much better when you've got other people you know Great Smoky Mountains is the most visited national park in the country. I love getting yeah. up there and just counting the license plates and so that's something I look forward to is just riding the loop once everybody's able to get there. Now it's going to be a shit show, shit show because everybody and their brother is going to want to be out there, but that's definitely one thing that I'm really looking forward to.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with that. I can't wait to get back down to Pigeon Forge, uh, go to Old Smokies again and Don't
0: Moonshine Crawl.
1: Yep. Can't wait to do that again. That was fun. Got to do that over spring break right before all this hit the fan. So we're looking forward to getting to do that again. Uh, Play some golf. There's not many golf courses still even open. So I just can't wait to get back to some sense of normality.
0: Yeah, me too, man. Well, I think I'm going to go get me some dinner. Are we going to drop on Fortnite tonight?
1: We're dropping on Fortnite.
0: Hey, that is our daily routine. We will be back on our fireside chat to give you an update on life in quarantine as we move along. Um, Dylan, it's been good talking to you, buddy. We'll talk to you later.
1: Been good talking to you, Curtis. We'll see you later.